If you have your Bibles, turn to Leviticus. I know you read there a lot. Um, let's turn to Leviticus chapter, uh, let's see, chapter nine. I'm going to continue talking about altars this morning. Thank you, Father. Mm. What a great series this has been. And and I just believe it's going to, the Holy Spirit is going to continue to grow us up quickly. And things that we need for this hour, things that we need for our personal lives, our personal growth. And that's what, that, that's what the pastoral gift is about. That's what the teaching gift is for. That's what apostles and prophets are for. They're for the, 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 the growing up of the saints, for them to do the work of the ministry. And it goes on to that we may grow up into him, into all things, who is Christ. So it's all about, it's all about maturing. It's all about maturing. And, and it's about coming up, coming up higher, coming up to better way of thinking, better way of living. It's about, it's about stepping into becoming a winner in every area of our lives. That's what we're about as a church. It's not just winning in one area, but it's winning in every area. It's seeing success and prosperity in every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. That's, I love Dr. Snell's message last week about, about success and prosperity. It's God's will for our lives. It's his will for us to prosper, and it's his will for us to win. Amen. It's his, it's his will for you to win. And if you haven't won yet, Hey, just keep getting up. Right. Amen. That's what we're about as a church. And so good to see you today. And uh, we're going to go higher today. The altar, the altar we've seen is, is not just a, a place we go to in the front of the church. It's, it's not a place, but the altar is a person. We, we've discovered that the altar is a place where we receive mercy. The altar is a place where we encounter God. It's a place where we celebrate the finished works of Christ. It's a place where we discover our true identity. It's where we know him and, and we, 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 we know who we are in him. And this morning, when I take this a little bit deeper, because, because it is, the altar is a place of encounter. It's a place where we encounter him, whether it's in the front of a, the stage or whether it's next to our bed or in our, in our cars or where, wherever we make a place, an altar, it's a place where we encounter him. And when you truly encounter him, you'll be changed. I mean, even, even if you, you encounter him, even though you may let go of some things he's told you, you'll go back to that place and you'll, wow, I, I experienced God there. And that's my heart for a heritage of faith. When you come in these doors or you watch by way of internet that you encounter God, you encounter God's presence. You are equipped with his word to where you go out and you change someone else's life with it. So let's look at Leviticus. Thank you, father. Yeah, let me, let me explain this first in scripture. Oftentimes God will. You'll see instruction, and then you'll see application, and then you'll see manifestation. And so, a lot of what my heart as a pastor is, there's instruction. And the point is for the instruction to become application, and then the application becomes manifestation. And we see this in Scripture. If you look at Exodus chapter 40... The first 16 verses, God is giving Moses some instructions on what to do with the temple. 
And then starting in verse 17, it says, and Moses did. And Moses did just as God commanded. And Moses did just as he commanded. And Moses did just as he commanded. And then Moses did just as he commanded. And it goes on for the next, for, you know, for the next like uh, 25 verses. And finally it says, and when, when Moses finished all the work that God had commanded him to do, the glory of God fell. So what do we see? We see God giving instruction Now we're seeing Moses applying it. And then what are we seeing? We're seeing manifestation. Now, hold your place in Leviticus 9 and go to Leviticus 6. Now, what I want you to see first is we're seeing instruction. It just we we'll read the first couple of verses of chapter, uh, I mean, chapter six, verse eight says, and the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, command Aaron and his son saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because the burning upon the altar all might uh, all night until morning and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on the linen garment and the linen breeches shall be upon his flesh and take up the ashes, which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar. And he shall put them beside the altar and he shall put off his garments, put on the other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp into a clean place. Now look at verse 12 and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on, water, wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar and it shall never go out. Now, this, this is instruction. This is instruction. He's saying, hey, tell, tell Aaron and, and, and all the priests that they're to do this and that fire would be upon the altar and the priest's job was to never let the fire go out on the altar, that it would ever be burning. Now, let's look at chapter 9. For the sake of time, let's look at verse 22. Now we're seeing application. Now we're seeing what God instructed Moses to tell Aaron. Now we're seeing Aaron applying the instruction. Then Aaron lifted his hands towards the people and blessed them and came down from the altar after offering the sin offering, the burnt offering and the peace offerings. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Then there came fire from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Now, what I want you to see is God started the fire. They didn't start the fire. God started the fire. They, they laid the burnt offering. They laid the sacrifice. But God lit the fire. But yet it was the priest's job to not let that fire go out.
So I want to, I want to talk to you this morning and talk to us this morning about not letting our fire go out. What fire has God began in you long ago that you may have let go out? See, God began this fire, but yet it was the priest's job to not let the fire go out. Fire upon the altar. It shall ever be burning on the altar and it shall never go out. Never go out. Thank you, Father. My job this morning is to fan a flame within your heart. To put a passion within our hearts this morning. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 10. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 17. Thank you, Lord. Actually, look at verse 16. Therefore will the Lord, the Lord of hosts, and leanness among the enemy... And instead of his glory or under it, he will kindle a burning like the burning of fire. And the light of Israel, now listen to this, the light of Israel shall become a fire and his holy one a flame. Now, it's not just talking about a fire being, being this object, but it's talking about a fire being a person. And the light of Israel shall become a fire and his holy one a flame and it will burn and devour the thorns and the briars in one day. You see, why, why do we need the fire of God in our lives? Because this says this, this burning one, this holy one, that's a flame of fire that would burn the thorns and the briars in one day. Why is that significant? Why? Because thorns and bri- briars hinder fruit. What does he say? You know, he talks about the, the different types of soil. Jesus talks about the different types of soil and talks about you have this thorny ground. And what does that thorny ground do? It hinders uh, 30, 60 and 100 fold. So I I want to encourage us, maybe there's some thorns and briars in your life that need to get burned up. Maybe there's some fire that needs to consume some things in your life that's keeping you from being fruitful. Maybe there's some things that are, that are hindering us from stepping into the prosperity, the success, abundant overflow, year of first, year of restoration, that we need to allow the fire of God to consume out of our lives. So this holy one that was going to be a flame of fire was going to be the one that would burn up thorns and briars in one day. One day. It doesn't need to take 20 years. It doesn't need to take one year. It doesn't need to take, take, take three months. It can happen right now. Changes that you've been waiting to make for, for so long. I'm telling you, it can happen in a moment when you get in and under the fire of God. If you read the rest of this chapter, you understand how this fire connects to the anointing. And the anointing destroys every yoke and removes every burden. That's verse 27 in this chapter. 
the fire, the holy one. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, and he shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. Wow. See, this is, this is the fulfillment, I believe, of Isaiah chapter 10, verse 17, this holy one, a flame of fire. He will baptize you. He will immerse you with Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Meaning this fire wouldn't just come for the sake of fire coming. But the fire would have a purpose. Now, it's not just this, this flaming one that's going to say, hey, look at me. No, this, flame, this flaming one is going to say, don't just look at me, receive me and allow it to change you. Because he's saying he will have the fan in his hand. What does a fan do to a fire? It makes it hotter. It makes it hotter. And he said he will thoroughly purge, meaning, meaning this fire is going to purge something. This fire is going to get rid of some things. This fire is going to cause you to be something that you've never been before. This fire is going to purge the floor, meaning it's going to, it's going to give you a clean slate. It's going to make some things brand new. It's going to, it's going to set something off on the incense you and it's on the inside of you. And it says it's an unquenchable fire, meaning it's a fire that can't be put out. See, this fire is meant to consume some things. This fire is meant to change some things. This fire is meant to, 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 to make things new. You know, Hebrews chapter 12, I may go here later in the service, but, 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 you know, he talks about, uh, not, not 12, uh, maybe it is 12. And, and he says that God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. Meaning when he shows up, things are not to remain the same. I'm telling you, and we have to come to a place in the day and age we're living in where we need to allow his fan, his fan to blow in our hearts. Where we allow his word, Jeremiah 23, that said his word is a fire. And his word is like a hammer. A fire. You know, throughout scripture, and you have to look at things a lot of times from, there's words that we'll use. And, and we may not understand totally what they were thinking about when they were writing it. For instance, if they use the word light, our minds go to a light bulb. We go to stage lights that we see here. But when they saw light, they could only take two things in the natural, they could save light. One was fire and the other was the sun. 
and the sun is fire. (laughs) You see, that was, so when you see the word light written in scripture, ultimately it's fire. Because that was their concept of light. They didn't have light like you and I have light. Their concept of light was fire. Let's go to Psalms 27. That the fire should never go out. Let's look at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So you can say, the Lord is my fire. And because he's my fire, he is my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. <coughs> the war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I, I might have talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but, but understand the Lord is my light. But when David's idea of light, his idea of light was fire. The Lord is my fire. And where did he go? Where was his one pursuit? His one pursuit was the place where fire was to never go out. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord. And I was talking to our oldest son, Corey, yesterday, and, and, I, and, and he was talking about some things, and it resonated because I knew it was something I was going to talk about today. And, and the thing is, is, is he went in to see one thing. But as he went in to see one thing, he was able to see many things. He went in for one thing, one thing that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And what? And to behold. See, behold is see. And behold the beauty of the Lord. So as his pursuit was to see the one thing, he was now able to see something so much bigger. And see, so often we're so worried and seeking after something that's temporary. And that one thing is keeping us from everything. But when if we just seek the one thing that we need to be seeking, it will open us up to everything. And see, that's what, when we seek the fire of God, it opens up, it opens up to everything else that we have need of. And, and it says, behold, the beauty of the Lord, that actually beauty of the Lord means to see the brightness, the brightness, the, the grandeur, the excellency, the amazing aspect of who he is. And if you read the rest of this chapter, it's all about, he goes, it's your face, Lord, I'll seek. 
And this whole time while he's pursuing this one thing, he closes it out and he says, this one thing have I desired and that will I seek after. He goes in and he says, he goes, I have fainted unless I'd see, believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, all this is happening at the altar. All this is happening from that one place of pursuit. He hasn't changed places or position. His heart was, as I seek him at the altar where the fire should never go out. That's where I am going to seek him and I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The fire. The fire. Everything I need is found in him. David's passion directed David's pursuit. David's passion directed David's pursuit and that pursuit brought him face to face with the Lord. His passion was one thing. And that passion is what caused him to pursue and the pursuit caused him to see. What are you pursuing in your life this morning? What are you pursuing? What are you going to pursue tomorrow? What are you going to pursue next month, next year? Thank you, Father. Your passions are directing you. They'll either take you into greater things or take you into negative things. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at ver- just, we'll just look at verse 22 right now. It says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. If your eye be single, therefore if your eye is single, your whole body would be filled with light. If your eye is single, it's what I'm beholding that's going to determine what I'm filled with. If your eye is single, my whole body will be filled with light. If my eye is single, if I have one pursuit, Deborah, that pursuit will cause me to be filled with light. See, it's what I'm pursuing that's determining. It's my one pursuit that's going to determine whether I am experiencing and and encountering the fire of God in my life or if I'm letting the fire go out. We live in a busy world. We live in a, we live in a visual society. We live in a time where so many things are trying to gain our attention. So many things that are trying to take our focuses. So many things trying to take, 
uh, you know, get us into arguments and division and, and get us into so many things that, that God never meant us to, 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 to worry about or even focus on. But here he says, if your eye is single, if you're focusing on this one thing, then as I'm focused on that one thing, my whole body will be filled with light. And the problem that we're facing is, is we're in so much confusion because we're focusing on too many things. What would cause a fire? What would cause the fire to stop burning? Either distractions, not making preparations, no wood. See, we're we're so busy with so many things. The thing is, is are we doing the things that are going to stoke the fire in our lives? This might not be one of them jump and shout messages, but maybe it will by the end, you know. I mean, this was, see, God set the fire. He started the fire. It's up to, it's up to you to keep your fire burning. Don't, don't wait. Don't, and people say, oh yeah, we, we need revival. We need revival. Well, go, you get revived. I'm, I'm, I'm endeavoring to do my part. I can't do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Sunday morning. I'm, I'm blowing on those coals this morning. I mean, if, if you weren't excited to come to the house of God this morning, then that, that's just a, that's a, that's a thermometer that just saying, Hey, my wood's wet. I got a little smoking going on. There might be a little thing there. I mean, these are, there's, there's things. It's like, I don't want to read the word. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a symptom of your fire. You're losing your fire. You, you know, you know what? I, I, I want to start listening to all these other things. You know, I used to listen to worship music and I'll, I'll start. And what happens is, is you usually get colder and colder and colder and colder and colder. And you're like, God, why aren't you moving? God, why aren't you, why aren't you showing up in my church? Cause you're not showing up in church. You might be showing up, but you're not really showing up. I mean, you can be in the place, but not be in the place. So we have to keep the fire burning, but we have to have this pursuit because our, because our, our our passions are going to direct our pursuit. So why has your fire gone out? Because your pursuit probably hasn't been where it needed to be. Maybe things I'm not seeing the things that I, I that I'm wanting to see. Maybe because there's some things I shouldn't be pursuing. I'm not saying sin and stuff like that. I'm just don't judge me. I'm just saying we're we're all in this together. And if we're going to be this church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a glorious church, a church full of glory. 
without spot or wrinkle? Or how are we going to get to a place without spot or wrinkle? It's going to come because the fire of God makes it that way. The fire of God is what's going to make us without spot or wrinkle. The fire of God is going to purge and get rid of some things that don't belong. Amen, Pastor Justin. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, fire fall in this place. Thank you, Father. (laughs) Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. You say, well, pastor, just give me something I can confess three times and make it happen. (laughs) John chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, Jesus is writing, um, or John's writing here, and he's given us some, some really this history in the last little bit of time of Jesus' life. And if you look at starting back in the end of verse, chapter 6 to 7, it's talking about the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's a seven-day feast. And actually, we're, you know, in the Jewish calendar, we're in that. It's from the 20th to the 27th of September right now. So we're in that time, Feast of Tabernacles. And, and, and so right before, on that last day, that's when Jesus stood up and he declared, if any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And he goes on and, and he gets into chapter 8. And, you know, they brought the woman caught in the act of adultery. And he gets here in verse 12 of, uh, of, Rome, of, of John chapter 8. Um, John chapter eight, verse 12, and says, then spoke Jesus unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Remember light, light is not what you and I see, but how did, how did they, how did, when he said that word light, what were they seeing? They were seeing a torch in his hand. They were seeing a fire at the end of a stake. They were seeing a candle lit. They, they weren't seeing a flashlight. They, they weren't seeing lights on a, on a car. They were seeing fire. They were seeing, you know, fire is living, is breathing. Fire has movement. Fire consumes things. Fire is attractive. Fire draws things to it. And here he's saying, I am the fire of the world. That's what he's saying. He's, I am the torch of the world. And he that follows me, followeth me, shall not walk in darkness. So if I'm following him, then I'm not walking in things that are going to cause my fire to go out. But as I follow him, as I'm following him, it said my fire would never go out. But I would have the light of life. I would have the fire that produces life. I would have the fire that produces life. He that followeth me, I am the light of the world. I am the fire of the world and he that followeth me. See, this goes back to what David said. One thing have I desired. This, this, we, we can relate this to Matthew chapter six. This, this, my eye being single. And here he's saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me. 
And you've heard, heard me say this. You've heard Rick say this. They didn't put TH at the end of a word in the King James to make you sound King James. <laughs> There's a purpose for that TH. And it means it's perpetual. It means it's never stopping. It's continual. Follow with meaning I'm continuing to do this. I'm continuing to do this. I have one pursuit and that's to follow Jesus. I have one pursuit to follow Jesus. He is the light of the world. He's the fire of the world and I'm going to follow him. And as I follow him, Joseph, as I follow him, I'm going to have the fire of life. Wow. The fire that produces life. The Zoe of God, the light of life. You see, when you have the fire that produces life, it consumes death. When you have the fire on the inside of you, it consumes addiction. It consumes wrong thinking. It consumes wrong thoughts. That's what the fire God is for. It's for to bring you out of of insignificance and bring you into something significant. That's what the fire of God is for. And as you and I as believers, we're not to let that fire go out. See, that's why he needed the disciples to go to Jerusalem. Hey, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. But I love how, how in, in, when, John, when John the Baptist is saying this, it, it's not just, just one experience. He says, there's two things you're going to be baptized with. Holy Ghost... And fire. It's Holy Ghost and fire. Wow. Say Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and, fire. and fire. Say this. I'm baptized, I'm baptized with Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and fire. And Joseph. Mm, let's go to John 12. John 12. Thank you, Father. So verse 35. Then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. We read it this way. Yet a little while the fire is with you. Walk while you have the fire. Lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the fire, believe in the fire that you may be children of fire. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Yet a little while is the fire with you, meaning this fire is only going to be with you a little longer. But walk while you have the fire, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness... Knoweth not whether he goeth. 
Now, this phrase, knoweth not where he goeth, comes down to one word that we can describe. That, that, the, the Greek word comes down to one word, and it describes it this way. And this is the Greek picture it gives, and it's the word drifting. The word drifting here means to be driven away slowly by water, current, or wind. Lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goes. So if you don't know where you're going, what are you doing? You're drifting. And that's what too many believers, Christians, and people in the world, there's too much drifting. See, if you're drifting, then you don't just have one pursuit. If you're drifting, you don't have one, just one focus. You're, you're drifting and you're, and you're being drifted by current and you're being drifted by wind. What does Ephesians 4 say? It says you're being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And see, that's what was going on in the world. And it says, so walk while you have this fire with you. Walk while you, lest darkness comes upon you. Darkness comes upon you, meaning, meaning if you're not walking with the fire, then you're walking with darkness. And if I'm not walking with the darkness, I only have other something else. I'm walking with only the, what the world has. And if I'm walking what the world has, then what am I doing? I'm drifting. And I'm being moved away by wind. I'm being moved away by the currents and, and what the media is saying, what politics are saying, what the doctors are saying, what everyone else is saying. When I need to be founded on this one principle that I follow Jesus. Because Jesus is the light of the world and he is the fire of God. And as I follow him, I have the fire of life. So when I follow the fire, it says this, it says, while you have the fire, believe in the fire that you may be children of fire. So you need to know what you're really baptized with. Do you really believe what you're baptized with? Because when you know it and you believe it, it says you will be children of it. Children of light. Mm. Children of light. Mm. See, this is, this is what, what, what was God trying to do here? See, he was trying to get man back to what everything was in the garden. You're like, what does that have to do with it? Everything, because what was Adam and Eve clothed with? Glory and honor, which was fire. The same thing that God's clothed with. Bible describes that he's fire from the loins up and the loins down. Revelations 22 says that, that, that the, the light that comes out of the throne of God is fire. And it's the sun. You see, when you, when you take these out of, well, you're children of the light and you're that, and you understand, no, this is something so much more. Then, uh, oh, if I walk in the light, then I'm children of the light. Bless his holy name. No. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying, no. Wait a minute. It's light. It's light. Light affects things. Light changes things. Light destroys negative things. Light. I mean, uh, Scott and I were talking, and, and they talk about things that destroy things. Ultra, ultraviolet light destroys every bacteria and every virus. You know, that's the thing. In, in, instead of promoting things that just try to maintain a virus, there's, 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 there's science out there that can, that can destroy it with ultraviolet light. Yeah. 
I'm not going to get into all that. But it might make people upset. I'm telling you, there's things out there. There's things out there that destroy coronavirus just like that. There's devices that destroy it just like that, but we're trying to maintain it. But there's things out there that have been created. And I'm not talking about medicines. I'm not talking about, I know I'm talking about that kills the actual virus. Ultraviolet light kills it. Fire. We are the fire. We are the children of fire. The children of fire. And what is, we're not to let the fire go out. Good to say, we'll close with this. Maybe close with this. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This is verse 14. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? You see, I, I think, what do we, what make, make our fire go out? I think too much mixture. Too much mixture. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? In what communion has light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with the devil? Or what part hath he that believeth of the infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wow. You are the temple. Of the living God. <laughs> you see, when you received Jesus and the Holy Spirit came into your life, He set the fire. But let me ask you a question What are you doing with your fire? Because you are, you are the temple. Of the living God. And he. I will dwell in them. I will dwell in them. He is the creator of fire. He is fire. Wow. I will dwell in them. (laughs) And walk in them I will be their God and they shall be my people wow 
But see, the things that are going to hinder the fire are the things that I'm mingling my life with. What are you communing with? What are you fellowshipping with? What are you yoked together with? What are you in concord agreement with? Because I'm telling you, see, we have to get rid of those things so the fire can burn brighter and brighter, brighter and brighter. And the thing is, is when you get in the fire and you come to, you come to the altar and you encounter the fire, he will consume the things that don't belong. And you know what happens? It gets brighter and brighter and brighter. You see, what is going to cause the fire in our lives to burn brighter? Your sacrifice of your will. What's going to make it burn brighter? You. Surrender to his plan. Surrender to a better way. Surrender to a better life. We present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto him. Remember that if there's no, if there's no wood and there's no sacrifice, you have no fire. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Ilamo sobreshti kiti andorogo sotor rabaya. Hamo sebreshti ki andoloko sotor rabasi ki lidirigishtos. Thank you, Father. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You receive this word today. Mm. Just lift your hands to heaven. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the sacrifice he's made. I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to baptize me with fire. So I bring my life before you today as a sacrifice. Burn in me. Burn through me. Consume everything that doesn't belong. I'm tired of drifting with the current of the world. I desire to walk in the fire, to believe in the fire. Because my heart, Father, is to be a children set on fire and burn for you.
So let's just wait on him for a moment. start to praise him. Oh, Father, we praise you. We glorify you. Lord, let this not just be a message that we heard just this Sunday morning, but let it be something that burns within us. Let it be something that cleanses us. Let it be something that, that, that breaks every yoke and removes every burden. Let it be something that, that continues long after this moment. In Second Timothy chapter one, verse six, Paul encourages Timothy, he says, Fan the flame. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. Oh, so let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit. Ibro dalabasso brande gishti andorogoso. Ora bate rende de de gishti andor rogotor rabaya. Ir robokor rabate stella bokonder rede de de boso. Ir robogotar rabastele bokotor rabaya. Yendele bokonder rende le gishti andor rabaya. Eze brende de de gishti andor rabaya. Eze brende le kiti andor rogotor rabaya. Yeze mende le gidi andor rogotor rabate rididigina. O zorro gotor rabate stilidi andor rabai. Yendele nenemi asotor rabai. Esondor romogonde rede de ishi. He says, this is why I will remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the, the, the gracious gift of God, that inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. Hallelujah. He's saying, go back, Timothy, to when you had that experience, when you were ordained in the ministry. Go back to that moment. Go back to that time and fan the flame. Fan the flame to that fire. So for this first service, you, you have an assignment this week. Fan the flame. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Maybe get rid of some things. We'll see how the Lord directs, but you know, the fire, fire does two things. And he told me this years ago, I think in 2007, he says, Justin, fire does two things. He said, number one, it consumes. And the other thing it does, it consecrates. And so as 
depending on how we, we may talk about that next week, but we'll see. Thank you, Father. You receive this word. Amen. Give him a shout of praise for the word. Thank you. We honor the word. Honor the word.